Welcome to the Time Blaster Toy Cast. You can download this podcast on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a review. On each episode, we will select a random review for a very special giveaway. To stay up to date with us, please make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Time Blaster Toys, also at The Retro KO. We also want to hear from you. Ask us a question on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag AskTimeBlasterPod, and we will try our best to answer as many as we can on the show. We are ALIVE alive and kicking here on this beautiful spring day in Westland, Michigan. I am Dave at Matthew Priest on Instagram and Twitter. Hope everyone's having a great day out there and everybody just find your smile today. Uh, We're looking forward to this journey that we're about to go on here today as it's going to bring me many smiles and laughs and maybe what opens the floodgates for yours. So without further delay, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for some fun with a 60-minute time limit, and it is for the Episode 6 Championship. Introducing first, today's topic. Coming to you straight out of the 1990s by way of flea markets across America, weighing today as a decade's worth of wheeling and dealing, we're talking sports card and collectible show memories. And their opponents weighing in tonight. With the stress of fatherhood and the fanfare of figures with actions, they come to you as the reigning, defending toy cast tag team champions of the world at the Retro KO Joe, at Time Blaster Toys Keith, together known as the Time Blaster Toy Cast. Joe, how are things going in your world today, my friend? Dave, that was amazing. I think we should get the uh, stress of fatherhood on a t-shirt. You know, with the with the podcast logo or something, I, I think I'm going to make that happen. There That's you go. A merch idea right yeah. there. Look at that. No, I appreciate the intro. Pretty great. I like the wheeling and dealing part. Hearing it, I'm like, man, For I think I know where my my wheeling and dealing skills came from. It's from all these sports cards and collectible shows that I visited many, I pretty much monthly for years. Oh yeah, this is I learned through osmosis. I think so. <laughs> Just being present. So you know, Moses, anything else going on in the uh, real lives of you before we dive into our uh, childhood memories? Nah, I mean, same old, same old for me, man. Just been very busy at the store. Lots of cool stuff coming in this past couple of weeks. It's been crazy. There was a point maybe a week or two ago, Joe, remember when I was like, I'm ready for someone to walk in here with some Star Wars stuff because it'd been like a month or two. And I like put that out into the universe. Mm. Like I need Star Wars stuff. And since then, I'm not kidding, man. Like six or seven people this week alone with just huge collections of Star Wars stuff. So I am all set on Star Wars for quite a while, but I'm happy to have it. You and spoke it into existence. I did. And it happened, and it was glorious. If you're looking for Star Wars stuff, that's at Time Blaster Toys. <laughs> uh, the social media is coming to the store in Westland, Michigan, or they can get you on the eBay, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> always selling on eBay, always selling in person. You need Star Wars stuff, episode one, two, three. Vintage, modern, we got it all. The Boba Fett stuff. So, Joe, uh, any, any big scores for you in the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, you know, the uh, the new Panini Prism set for WWE trading cards dropped. 
And uh, since that was a little out of my price range, we're talking $1,100, $1,200 a box. Holy smokes. Um, I've been picking up a lot of undisputed Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, uh, low-numbered serial cards, trying to build that PC because those two guys, I mean, their stock is just going up and up. Yeah, those prism cards. So I'm in a – there's a local sports card shop in Canton called Three Kings. Shout out to those guys. I was there the other day, and uh, he shows me, he goes, look what I got. And it's the, that new prism set that Joe's talking about. So it's a sealed box. There's 12 packs of cards in this box, 12. The cost of the box is $1,200. Holy smokes. So each pack of cards is a $100 pack of cards. How many cards are in a pack? <laughs> I think it's seven, but I'm not oh, I was sure. doing the math yesterday. I'm like telling Joe, I'm like, so you're basically paying like 10 to $15 per card in this whole case. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, um, this morning Target put on their website the little hanger packs of Prism. How much are those? They're 15 bucks a pack, and they sold out in like 20 minutes, so I never got a chance to get any. Wow, crazy. But hopefully we'll see them in the store. It's crazy to see like the resurgence of cards, sports, yeah. you know, even wrestling cards. Especially cards, wrestling. All cards are crazy, but it kind of ties back to our topic of sports cards and collectible shows of the 90s, because when we were growing up, sports cards... I mean, at least for me, dude, outside of action figures, sports cards were everything for me. I was obsessed from probably, I don't know, I want to say maybe 92 to 97. There was like that five-year period for me where I was just all about cards. Oh, yeah. I had tons and tons and tons of sports. I was being a big sports fan. Um, I mean, hockey, my, my main sport. I Before I, I mean, geez, I was born in 83, so I was playing hockey in 88. 87 88 and i had hockey cards you know from then mm -hmm. so and i know my older brother um he was 10 and 80 you know he was around 10 years old at that time and he had tons of football and baseball cards and then it just became a thing where especially with baseball cards like before fantasy baseball was all digitized there, there was a kid on our block that had a ton of baseball cards and we played fantasy baseball with base you had to have like baseball cards and he had a book that he got at like a sports card and collectible show that taught you how to play fantasy baseball, but you used your playing cards really? just, like for See? your lineups and oh, stuff. Wow! And I mean, I was probably six years old, and they were you know ten, and I remember playing you know fantasy. He kept track of the whole season to the book, getting the box scores out of the newspapers. But that was the thing that he found at Gibraltar Trade Center, which is my which perked my ears up because I'd never been there and. Remember my dad, me and my brother asking my dad, like, can we go to this Gibraltar Trade Center place to uh, get sports stuff like Tony has? Yeah, right. I'm sure everybody listening, you, we you all have your version of this giant, you know, I don't even what do you call it? Warehouse. It's, kind of, it's like an indoor flea market, more or less. Yeah. It, you know, here in Southwest Detroit, it was called Gibraltar Trade Center, and you know, it was only open on the weekends, maybe Friday, but definitely Saturday, Sunday only. You know, there was hundreds and hundreds of vendors in there. But, you know, every weekend there was a different show. And once a month, one of those shows was a sports card and collectible show. So within there, you've got, what, maybe 100, 200 vendors from Easy, yeah. from all yeah. over the country, honestly. It wasn't yeah. just local dudes. I mean, they were coming from everywhere. And each guy had their specialty. You know, he had a lot of sports cards. There was a lot of, like, autographed mem memorabilia. But there were also toys there. I mean, I bought Hasbro's there. I bought... Um, a lot of starting lineups were there. Oh, yeah. And those shows were awesome, man. Like, that was, like, a part of my adolescence for sure. Like, 12 to 15 years old, like, I was there all the time. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, especially once once I could drive, you know, in the late 90s there, me and my friends, every 
every sports or car show. We we didn't miss one. Um, you know, as a kid, missed quite a few. The only time you go up there is someone big was signing autographs and dad or grandparent or whoever was willing to take you because, you know, it had a stigma about it uh, going there a little, you know, <laughs> as an adult with with children. But it was it was great. Um, it's funny, though, that you say that because I know I know down in Alabama, there's a place down in, just outside of Huntsville that I went to, I don't know, about 15, 20 years ago. My brother lives down there. And went into this place, and it was half outdoor flea market, half indoor flea market. And when you walked into the indoor side, it had that Gibraltar smell. That's and you, awesome. And you walked in, and you just got that mix of like, you I don't know, know like, what that smell was. Like carnival food <laughs> yeah. mixed with like. It's elephant ear, yeah. meats, body odor, <laughs> meats, yes. dust. Musty, musty yeah. Must, yeah. yeah. Like gym locker room, yeah. all these things all mixed together. It was yeah. fantastic. With and then, the faint smell of like homemade perfume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just had, yeah. And it just gave those vibes off. And it had like the, you know, right when you walk into the indoor area, it had all the carpets, all the rugs. I was like, oh my God, this Dude, is like Gibraltar. Carpets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's Huntsville, Alabama. So I'm sure everywhere has the same layout. It's just like a template yep. for here's your flea market, yeah. trade center layout. Copy and paste. <laughs> yeah, I've met guys in the last few years now doing what I do in the store. You know, you meet the old timers, the guys that used to sell, you know, buy and sell toys and cards in the 90s. And, there was a guy who was telling me, he's like, he was a traveling vendor that went to all these oh, shows yeah. across the whole country. Him and his wife, he'd load up trailers and go. Yeah. You know, Gibraltar was just one stop of many. You know, he spent probably 50 weeks on the road out of a year, and he said it was pretty fruitful business for a while there. But, you know, come once the Internet comes out and eBay starts existing and you can buy the things you want, you know, from the comfort of your home, that's kind of when Gibraltar Trade Center and just that whole shopping experience kind of withered away. To the point where now, I mean, Gibraltar's closed, and it has been for, geez, probably 10 years now. Yeah, Taylor location's been a long time. Then uh, Mount Clemens, I believe, was like, it was within the last few years, maybe 2016, 17. Yeah. But you still have the giant guy, like whatever you call him, like the logo. Oh, yeah. But the dude with the top hat and the cane is right there off 94. You can still see it um, if you're driving up that way. And it, it's iconic. You know, people have tattoos of that thing. Um, that's a, it was a, that guy right there. Yeah. Joe's got to pull up on the com- the computer. Oh yeah. Um, Mustachioed man with a nice little hat, some nice clothes. Yeah. That thing's probably what it's very tall. Yeah. It's got to be at least tall. 50 feet tall. And it's that right there is when I think of wheeling and dealing, yeah. that's the man I think of right there. That was the wheeling and dealing. That was the best thing when you're at these trade shows. I mean, the price is marked, but you know, you could talk these guys you down. never pay sticker price <laughs> oh everything was a deal yeah like my big purchases there especially late 90s you know you had the boom of the wwf boom um attitude era and we would go there and get eight by tens and there was a guy who was a photographer he was like a freelance photographer and he had all these eight by tens of pictures he took oh, okay and he oh he would sell they'd all be marked like five dollars each but you'd go in and be like oh i want steve blackman and albert and hardy <laughs> boys with michael hayes and, this guy's like oh my god someone wants and, my steve blackman eight by ten and he's like you know i'm crash holly and hardcore bob and all these dudes and i'm like all right and he'd be like oh okay they're five bucks each but i'll give you you know five for 20 and you're like oh okay that's a deal yeah yeah i get them for four dollars each now and then you mm-hmm. oh you want 10 for 40 or whatever and you're like oh or 10 for 35 or whatever it was that was always a deal the more you bought the cheaper it became you gotta and, buy in bulk 
it wasn't listed, so he would hook us up because we were probably the only people there buying, like you said, Steve Black and eight by Yeah, Chinese. well, unless unless you had a you know a WWF wrestler doing an autograph signing at Gibraltar Trade Absolutely. Center, then the price was probably jacked yeah. up for that particular. Oh tailor. yeah, That's... but there were always wrestlers at Gibraltar Trade Center, um, and maybe I don't know. Let's go around. I can probably rattle off five to ten wrestlers. I remember one. Okay. Let's let's DDP. You were there? I was there. Dude, I was there too. Diamond Dallas Page, absolutely. Dave, Dave, I there? was there the weekend I did not meet DDP though. Okay, I didn't so, go for DDP. <clears throat> so I remember remember this joke when DDP was there, it was free. Yes. Yeah, because yep. most of the time the dudes, you know, it costs yeah. money, but for whatever reason, I don't know if DDP waived his fee or Gibraltar ah. bit the bullet to get a lot of people in the door. Maybe they just paid DDP him. DDP was yeah. straight up free and yeah. this line was thousands of yeah, people long this is like the height of ddp's popularity probably nine maybe late 97 early 98 i think it was 90 uh, i feel I, like it was april 98 for some i think reason. it was 98 yeah okay and yeah dude the line's so long and i'm waiting in line and uh you know and it's ddp right his right. signature is just three letters yep. ddp and you're just watching him he's pumping out the ddp but i get in the line right and i hand him my eight by ten that i probably bought from the guy he <laughs> right. talked about yep yep and he starts writing it and he doesn't write a D. He writes a B. I'm like, what's this? Writes it, hands it to me. My autograph says bang with an exclamation Oh, you got point, a bang? DDP. So he signed mine bang, DDP. That That's was, awesome. That, that is great. awesome. Yeah. I don't think I got a bang on my 8x10. I, I didn't see many people getting bangs. He must have liked my bowl cut haircut or something. Man, <laughs> maybe. That's amazing. Every 10 gets a bang. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, DDP was one. Uh, def- I met Bobby the Brain Heenan once yeah, there. Bobby. Nice very short line it was really? like kind of sad i'm like dude this is bobby the brain heenan. this is a freaking legend yeah heenan uh jeff jarrett i met there i remember jeff jarrett that was when him and owen were the tag champs yeah. mm-hmm. so whatever you could probably date it whenever that was because they didn't have a long run right yeah it had to be that also probably had to be 98 it feels but like he 98 tag belt with him and he let me hold it and that's when, cool i was probably 15 16 years old so that was definitely the first time i ever held a belt and i was like holy crap this, this is thing, heavy it was so heavy i'm like oh my god this is like way heavier than i would have ever imagined yeah it to be um but yeah man just being able to meet wrestlers and buy action figures and talk yeah. sports cards like the place was great yeah i mean like most of the memories I have of wrestlers being there are like early 2000s, mm-hmm. more so like Victoria and Jericho. Um, but like in the 90s, a guy that just just stands out like crazy as I'm like, who's going to meet Nick freaking Bockwinkle? <laughs> Bockwinkle was there? As a teenage kid. I'm like, why is anyone here for Nick that. Bockwinkle? Right? As an adult and as a guy who got into pro wrestling, Bockwinkle became one of my big influences at one point in my career. And I'm big, big, big Nick Bockwinkle fan. But as a 15-year-old kid, he was just the, what was he, the commissioner of WCW or whatever <laughs> on TV. Yeah. I'm like, who wants to be here? But I don't remember him having a, a really long line. He actually, I think, was there the same weekend Bobby the Brain Heenan was. That would make uh, sense. Or, yeah, it would, in hindsight. And I'm like, who's here to meet Nick Bockwinkle? But he had, like, a decent line, and there's a lot of, you know, old-time guys, either AWA fans or just, you know, I That's definitely cool. was we'll not there for Bachwinkle. I think right? it was. I feel like it was a Sunday because I feel like we missed Bobby Heenan okay. and we were there like the next day, and it was like, oh, we Nick Bachwinkle instead of Bobby Heenan. I got oh you. man! But that's when I remember, and I just remember like looking at him and be like, this guy's the st- stupid commissioner of WCW. <laughs> Little did I know this guy would have a huge influence on me. You know, seven years later, right? And, but yeah, that's that's a guy. That's a story I got with old Bachwinkle. Um, I did meet as a kid, not wrestler, but my first celebrity sports star I ever met. 
at the Brawl Trade Center was Alan Trammell. Oh, the Detroit man. Tigers. oh, I definitely. There was like there were so many tigers and red wing. I mean, just like they were just on rotation. Yeah, you yeah. know, living in a suburb of Detroit, it was just like a constant. Just you know, uh, so many old tigers. Yeah, yeah. Lou Whitaker. Oh uh, yeah, Alan Trammell. Remember seeing Hank Darren McCarty? Oh, Darren McCarty. Darren Hank McCarty Aaron was at Gibraltar Trade Center once too. Oh yeah. Yep. That's yep. big. Yeah, it felt baseball. It felt felt like every weekend there'd be like five or six people signing, and they would they would do a good job of they have like a wrestler. They would have like an old tiger um, or current tiger because, yeah. like, you know, there'd be guys that were like in the league still that would be there. Some hockey player, some football player. It was like they had something for everybody. And then there'd always be a weird guy. Like, were you guys there when Dale Earnhardt was there? No. no. Oh, that was the craziest I ever saw at Gibraltar Trade Center. Wow. I can imagine his line. And that in Taylor, Michigan. Yeah. Taylor, Michigan, Gibraltar Six. <laughs> NASCAR. <Center>. NASCAR. <laughs> Dale Earnhardt Jr. No, this Dale's is a Venn Dale diagram. Senior. One giant circle of everything intersecting. Dale Earnhardt Sr. I know people who I hadn't know, like, didn't even know existed, and then I meet them later in life, and they talk about that day like, oh, my God, number three. Was, <laughs> Dang. I met number three. And it was just like, you know, I don't remember what year he passed away, but, I mean, to me, I wasn't a NASCAR fan, especially as a kid, but you see them in Sports Center, They always had NASCAR. I sure. see, I knew the name, but yeah. that was the most people I ever saw at the sports car. Wow. That's crazy. Trade area was yeah. Dale Earnhardt weekend, and I feel like they they were like, all right, what tiger do we got? Let's go with uh, old Mike Henneman, like <laughs> Red Wing Ledge. Let's just give old Danny Gare out there. Let's just get some guys that aren't gonna like draw the big crowd because we got number three. Wow, <laughs> number three. Yeah, so you know, part of the the shows themselves. There was a vendor, I remember this guy to this day, he was like, his specialty was wrestling stuff. And he had a lot of wrestling toys mm -hmm. at all these shows. And that was the uh, the first and the only time I ever even had an opportunity to buy a green card Hasbro figure was at these trade shows in the 90s. So this was probably 97, 98, you know, years after the figures came out. And, uh, you know, the guys got a nice little spread of Hasbros on the table bunch of figures i already have but in the pile is an atom bomb oh baby and i'm like i've never seen this figure pick him up he's looking loose obviously i buy him right right okay i want you guys to guess what do you think i paid for this atom bomb figure this is probably 90 let's say 98 98 gibraltar trade center Ooh. loose perfect atom bomb loose. still got him to this day what i pay for him i'm gonna say 15 bucks i'm not even gonna go that high um Man, I'm gonna say ten. Dave's right. It, it was, was a fifteen. Fifteen dollars, and it took. I was like, "Oh my god, wow. am I really spending fifteen dollars on this?" Figure? I didn't think it'd be that high back then. I mean, even then, they were yeah. hard to get. Yeah. And uh, yeah, loose, yeah, yeah, loose atom bomb, fifteen bucks. Imagine if someone came to you now and said, "Hey, you want to buy my atom bomb for all day long? <laughs> Bring me them all." Yeah, that was the only time. And then he eventually, like you know, at a later show, he had a Bart gun, which I bought and I I've sold. In I the feel last like I remember years, what vendor you're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. I can picture like that yeah. the booth. I can't yeah. picture the guy, but I can picture that area that you're Definitely. talking about, the booth. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if you guys ever get any big scores at these sports car show or a memorable purchase like my Atom Bomb. I remember going to one. Now, my mother was the card collector. Your mom was my a card collector? My mom was a card collector. What, I, like what sports or uh, what she, kind of cards? Uh, baseball, football. She was, uh, I don't know how she got into it, but she's obviously I, she's the reason I got into it. Oh, okay. So I remember going to a show, 
right? So me and my mom would go into the show. My dad, he could care less, so he would walk around and do whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we were in this show, and I remember digging through probably a dollar box of, like, 1990 Fleer basketball, right? Okay. You know, picking out 10, 15 cards, and I look up, and there's a Shaquille O'Neal starting lineup. Ooh. Orlando Magic, what's right? He, what's he, had what, it, what, yeah. what jersey? Um, white, white, white with the stripes. Oh, I did not have the white okay. one. The um, blue one. Is he dunking on that? Or I is think he's the one dunking. Where he's like kind of with think, the arm up. I think he's got the arm up. Yeah. Okay. And so I go to my mom, like, Mom, I need this Shaq. And you know, little Joey, you can't get both. You can't get both, either the cards or the figure. So, needless to say, I put all those cards back, and I walked away with the Shaq starting lineup. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. We'll have to Google this. Joe, Joe, Google it. Is that a 95 Shaq? I think so. It, it might have I, been 95 series. I think it's yeah. 95 Shaq. Cause, um, that sounds later because the one I had was the first Shaq, and it was in a blue jersey yeah. with the man. The first Shaq, I think, is in the black jersey. Or black he's got, jersey. He's holding the ball. I he's kind of right. short. I think you're right. I was all in on starting lineups, man. I love starting Especially lineups. NBA starting lineups. So, and that was a huge part of the trade shows. There were yeah. vendors that this, these dudes just had hundreds of starting lineups exclusively at their tables. Yeah, so being a hockey guy, I mean, the hockey starting lineups were usually the... Well, hockey was the last sport to come to the starting lineup table. Yeah. You had baseball and football So many baseball, yep. And then maybe basketball a year later, or maybe they maybe basketball at the same time. But the first hockey ones weren't till what, 93, 94? 93, 94. I mean, just the hockey boom in general happened in, you know, 93. You had, you know, the, oh, the Gretzky effects followed by the Mighty Duck effect, followed by the ESPN deal. And then, you know, then hockey was just a national sport. Um, and, yeah, the starting lineups came around that same time. But the first... You couldn't find them in stores. I remember going to Toys R Us and being like, "Oh yeah, there were yeah." So the only lineups were insane. You could get starting lineup hockey figures was the Gibraltar Trade Center. And I remember my older brother got the Felix Potvin, Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender from uh, from the Trade Center, and then I got a Scott Mellenby, Florida Panthers starting lineup. And a John Van Beesbrook from the Florida Panthers starting lineup. Okay. And well, the, I hockey, am like, the goalie starting lineups were the best. They man. were. They had the revo- removable mask. Like, they were cool. Those were like, it was like I found gold. Yeah. And it was like the greatest day of my life when I got two starting lineups and brought the trade center. Well, yeah, living where we live, you know, just minutes outside of Detroit, hockey's a big, big deal. You know, the Red Wings in the 90s is like dynasty stuff. They hadn't, right? they hadn't, yeah. you know, that was like the thing too locally. I mean, like when I first started playing hockey, like I said, 87, no one cared. No one, when I played hockey, I was a freak. It's like, mm-hmm. what the hell's hockey? Um, and then 10 years later, by 97, the Red Wings are the Yankees of the sport and everyone's a hockey fan. But, like, in the early 90s, there, it was hard to find hockey stuff in Detroit. Like, 93, it was hard. I mean, you could get sports cards. So, like, another prize possession I got from a trade show was Pat LaFontaine. He played for the New York Islanders and then the Buffalo Sabres, and then the New York Rangers. Never changed his license plate in his whole career. But uh, LaFontaine was my favorite player, and he's from Waterford, Michigan. So that was another reason as a little kid. I'm like, this Pat LaFontaine guy's great. I got a Pat LaFontaine. Every Pat LaFontaine card I can think of, I got. And I got an autographed one. Never met him, but I don't know if it's a real autograph to this Let's day. Let's just say it is. But I assume it is. And it's like, oh, it's Pat LaFontaine, um, you know, a card. And that was like the first card I remember actually like wanting. I was probably eight, nine years old. My dad's with me, and I'm like, I want this Pat LaFontaine card. I haven't, you know, I've been buying pro sets for however long, yeah. you know, for years and years and years. And you just get the generic Pat LaFontaine cards. This was like upper deck, had the little like, hologram logo in the corner and it nice. was just like the sweetest 
looking card ever. And I mean, I probably don't know how much we paid for it. I remember it being more than 10 bucks. Yeah. And, you know, and then getting it. And then that was like a couple months later, you go, oh, there's an autographed Pat LaFontaine card. I need an autographed one now. And I paid $40 for that or $50 for that. And I mean, I have all those cards still to this day, but That's cool. in, a, in a pencil case. Okay. From, okay. With a dinosaur on it. But yeah, I mean, you can't understate how big starting lineups were in the 90s they were huge i mean like dudes were straight up like gonna think thinking they're gonna retire on these things (laughs) and it was it was almost like the beanie baby craze but just a few years prior because there was a point where the you know some of these were hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get um you know nba specific ones i remember you know when i would go to those shows it was like the 1988 Utah Jazz figures. It was like Malone, Stockton, mm-hmm. Mark Eaton. Like those things were like impossible because when starting lineups first came out in '88, they were uh, localized. So it's like Utah was being shipped the Jazz, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like if you wanted the Jazz figures, you had to be in Utah to get right. them. We were getting, you know, the Pistons, whatever players. You know, Grand Hill. Yeah. So. I don't know now. I know there's a few starting lineups that are still pretty valuable, but for the most part, a lot of them are yeah. just you know five, ten bucks. In, well, I in looked package. up. I looked up my shack. Yeah, what can you? Um, it came out in 1993. Okay. And there's a couple on Mercari, and one right now is going for 150 dollars. What? That seems way too high. It seems high. You I'm know. assuming it must have been his first starting lineup. Okay. Well, the thing with starting lineups too is they came with cards. They did. So you got like a card with them too. Yep. Um, of the guy, and they were like starting lineup specific cards, right? Yeah, they yeah. were. The, so the okay, let's if we're talking starting lineups for a second, I'm gonna tell you the story of the first time I ever even saw a starting lineup. So it was, oh man, probably 1988, 89. Uh, back then, a, a hot spot to buy toys was. Big Lots. I'm sure everybody knows what yep. Big Lots is now. Big right. Lots is like trying to be Target and failing now. But back in the day, they were like a discount retailer. So when toy lines ended or, you know, things didn't take off, Big Lots would come in, buy all the inventory and sell it for steep discounts. So that's where you'd buy, you know, kind of like KB was back in the day. Pretty much. You could get really good deals at Big Lots. And I got a lot of toys as a kid from there. So, yeah, it's probably 1988. I'm in Big Lots and there's just like a whole wall of it's uh, NFL starting lineups, probably 86, 88 or 87 season. And that's when uh, each starting lineup had two cards. It had like the the standard card, and then it had like a rookie card. Mm-hmm. And it was all quarterbacks. And I remember going, you know, Dan yeah. Marino, um, Joe Montana, Joe Montana. Yeah, there's just, you know, I probably had five or six of them. I still Boomer have those figures to this. Yeah, hey, Boomer Sizen for yeah. sure. Yeah, Phil Sims. Yeah, Giants quarterback. My brother had them all, so I'm yeah. picturing them. I'm like, <laughs> your mom probably took them to Big Lots. They were probably like two bucks because that's yeah. where I got all mine. Yeah, probably most likely. Yeah, or my you. Know, yeah, who knows? There was a court Chiefs one that my brother had. Oh no, no, he had Bernie Kosar, Bernie Kosar, Boomer Sice, and Dan Warren Reno. Moon. Warren Moon. <laughs> yeah. Um, my knowledge of the NFL and Randall Cunningham Warren right Moon. there. Warren Moon. <laughs> yeah, Randall 80s Cunningham might not have been that series, but later. Yeah, my brother had so many football yeah. starting lineups. Yeah, the he football had like, ones were great. It's so many Cincinnati Bengals because they were so good in the late '80s. And they had oh, and like they just looked cool. Their helmets. And he had so many bears. The, hel- the Bengals helmets were the best. Yeah, and they were. You know, that was another cool with the football guys is you, the helmet. Yeah, you could take it like off. You and could put totally it on. take Boomer Sizen and stick him on Battle Cat, and he'd just fit right, right. in. Right, <laughs> he just fit right in. 
Um, so anyway, we talked starting lineups. We've uh, talked some. Does anybody else have any good good card stories or uh, you know, Keith, you're talking wheeling and dealing. Any anything that you had to you go in there and wheel and deal, um, even outside of the sports card collectibles. I'm trying to think. I really can't think of anything specific. But I was, you know. I was like Joe's mom, man. I was all in on cards, yeah. but my focus was NBA. Yeah, mine too. You know, like I was at the point where as a kid, I would like beg my parents for jobs to do where they'd pay me money so that I could go buy cards. Do you, you know remember what, I mean? what you were buying? Oh, well, I mean, I was buying all, all sorts of stuff, but I do remember one specific uh, box of cards I bought. You're going to have to look them up. I don't yeah. remember, but this is probably 93, 94. Remember they made... The NBA cards, they were like jumbo cards. So, like, they're the width of a card. Okay. They're the same width, but the height of them, they're like this big. They're like, really? yeah, there was a whole series of them. They might have been Skybox. Look them up. Oh, little Skybox. I remember buying a whole case of these thinking, oh, man, these are going to be great. But these damn cards were so big and so unique that they didn't fit in top loaders. There were no penny sleeves for them. You couldn't put them in your binder sheets because half the card hung above the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were those things called? I'm trying to find it. Here. Yeah, they're. So I definitely remember buying a whole case of those, thinking I was gonna, you know, get rich. And no, clearly never caught on. We can't even figure out what they were called. Yeah, once I, once the '90s rolled around, I was just strictly hockey cards. I had a good 10 year run. I mean, I had more than 10 year run, but like from '90 to '98, I know for a fact I was only buying hockey cards. I wasn't buying baseball, football, anything else. It was strictly hockey. Um, I'd buy packs. My favorite thing as a kid, and this isn't necessarily Gibraltar Trade Center specific, but it would be cool to find stuff, and I think they have them to this day. It would be like a sticker book, and you'd get like a pack of cards, but there'd be stickers, and you'd oh, have, yeah, like, the old Panini up. sticker Panini, books. Yeah, and, yeah like, they made everything. Everything. There's WWF ones, Turtles yeah. ones, Ghostbusters. I mean, there's everything. Big fan of that every year, and then, you know, you'd have like a couple. That was like one thing Gibraltar Trade Center, or, you know, it's a trade show. It's like I'd have my sticker book, 88 percent full and be like all right now i need uh you're looking through it and be like all right i need a grant fear yeah the, the <laughs> idea of completing a panini sticker book like dude that's like an unattainable goal i had one a kid. you finished a I whole finished book one, wow. yeah. it had to be the, had to be their 90 either 9091 or the 9192 uh nhl yeah and i remember the it was uh new jersey devils um was uh, there was like a team card of the New Jersey Devils, and they had their like red and green Christmas looking jerseys, and that was the card that I needed to like complete the set that was just eluding me for a long time, and then finally got it in a pack. And it was like the greatest moment of my life when I got to put that sticker in that book. The fact that you completed one of those books is mind blowing. That's only I can remember. Dedication. Every year, tried to complete, tried to complete, tried to complete. It was always, yeah, I'd always have. I'd always have it more than half full, but yeah, that's the only time I remember getting it. And it was at Nam New Jersey Devils. It was like a team card or uh, something along those lines, or team sticker, I should say, and just eluding me. Yeah, so you know, there is another part of Gibraltar Trade Center. You know, outside of the show yeah. itself, you know, there's vendors that are set up, you know, year round. Like that's their form of income. I mean, yeah. they're open yeah. weekends only, but they're they're there every weekend wheeling and dealing and selling stuff. And, you know, there's certain vendors I can specifically remember. and We can talk about a couple of them, but I, there's one I'm sure we all know. And that's the dude that specialized in selling wrestling T-shirts. Oh, yeah. And yeah. these aren't like, you know, go to a WWF live event, buy a T-shirt. <laughs> no, and this isn't, you know, pick a shirt out of the magazine T-shirt. These are like. <laughs> 
they're not bootleg shirts because they are officially licensed shirts, but they're not, you know, Stone Cold ain't wearing any of these shirts on TV. No. You know what I mean? These are the shirts where if it says Austin 316 on it, there's also probably a picture of Stone Cold next to it, you know? Yeah. Or maybe giving someone a stunner. So, you know, off-brand type of WWF t-shirts. And, dude, that was the place where it's like, you want an Ahmed Johnson t-shirt? Yeah. You're going to get one. Hell yeah. This dude had shirts for everybody. Yes. And it was awesome. Oh, yeah. I bought so many shirts there that, like, I mean, I still am a, like, I go to a con, I go to anywhere. I always try to buy a t-shirt. Um, I mean, not every concert, but even if I go to a concert, and that all comes from wrestling shows. When wrestling shows a kid, and you need to get some kind of merch. The first wrestling show I went to was Bret Hart Sunglasses was what I got. And then um, after that, it was like, okay, you always got to get a souvenir. You go do something, you got to get a souvenir. So then it was like, go to Gibraltar Trade Center. Oh, God. I don't have to buy shirts at these wrestling shows. I can get some other souvenir because I can buy my shirts at the Gibraltar Trade Center with this guy. The, the sound of Gibraltar Trade Center I want to talk about first because, like, whenever I walk in there, I still as they you hear, like, Five different songs playing because you've got like <laughs> yeah. so many different like. Well, each vendor's you know <laughs> trying to project their own vibe. So yeah, got you've their got boombox in the corner. Exactly, and you've got you know your car radio guys that are testing music. You oh have, yeah, I mean you can't. You're not going to buy speakers for your car <laughs> without hearing them first. Sure, but then you have the sound of the tattoo guns. Yeah. Oh yeah, the buzzing. Yep. You got the tattoo buzzing. You got five different songs here, and then you just have that like sound of a thousand people just talking. That like overall chatter. Yeah, like just and it, it's just I don't know taking me back. We talked about the smell and then the sound. It was like entering a different world. <laughs> it was <laughs> at its own because the the tattoo gun sound. That it, as a kid, that was the only place I I'm like. Ooh, that was a, you go to Gibraltar Trade Center like for tattoos. You get tattoos. That was like so taboo. That's that's true. Yeah, honestly, because as a kid, when else are you going to be in an environment where? you're seeing tattoos done. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not just going to walk into a shop or anything like that. It's going to be at Gibraltar trade center. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Mm. And then, you know, you had your car decal guys, you had your airbrush, uh, area. Oh, a nice, a nice airbrush t-shirt. That's artistry right Mm -hmm. in front of your eyes. Yeah. And then you had your, your, your permanent fixture. Like they weren't in sports car show area, but you had a couple people in there who had like sports cards and like the more like the white tile floor area. Yeah, uh, there was like a guy, and then you know, just I mean, that place had it place felt like it had five different floors or five yeah. different areas is how you just determine where you were at. What about the uh, what about the cafe? Oh yeah, boy, you guys can talk to cafe. The cafe. I mean, this is like full service, right? Like yeah. almost like a buffet like, style in a way. Like actual meals. You, you know, yeah. Get. get your get yourself a tray, and you start mm-hmm. telling them it like school lunch. I guess yeah. is yeah, a way to put lunch. it. You know what I mean? You want pizza done? You want meatloaf done? But the fact mashed you potatoes get and meatloaf. gravy. Cake, it's all there. <laughs> yeah, you know, when right. you went to Gibraltar Trade Center back in the day, it's, you know, it's 1994, it's Saturday, your mom got you in the mm. car, you're going to the sports card show. That's a commitment. That's your day. It's an that, all you know, day. You're not just there peeking because, one, it costs money to get into Gibraltar Trade yes. Center. Yeah. Like, you had to pay admission to get in the parking lot. Then, if you want to go in the sports card show, it's also a fee, yep. usually, right? Yeah. So, you know, you're, you, your mom's committed $5 to you being here. Yeah, you're going to sit down and have a meal because you're going to be there for like <laughs> seven to eight hours. Yep. It's going to be your whole day. What was your go-to meal, Joe? Oh, man, probably the pizza. I don't think I ever tried the meatloaf as a kid. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, just talking about it, I can see it and I can smell it. And it was glorious. Yeah, I'm picturing eating mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah. So something with that. <laughs> probably meatloaf. Maybe, maybe, yeah. 
I'm sure the meatloaf was delicious. I'm sure around Thanksgiving they probably had a nice turkey 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 dinner dinner you could have. See, I only remember like the cotton candy and the elephant ear, like the carnival food. The 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 elephant ear is a staple. The the elephant ear was served in carts outside Outside. before you even walked in the building. You park your car. You wa- start walking in. You're like, you know what? Before I go in here, I think I'm going to eat an elephant ear. And this thing is bigger than the plate it's served on. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That was, dude, I want to go back. Those were the days. <laughs> we're getting to the home stretch here of today's toy cast. Uh, before we wrap things up, though, he's got any, like, favorite purchases or, or discoveries that you came across? Maybe we do our top three that we talk about or top two. Yeah, that'd be good. Let's I could go get around, two. Let's go around the horn. Maybe, like, the top two things you got yeah. from a sports card and collectible show in Gibraltar Trade Center sometime in the 1990s. <laughs> okay. I love it. <laughs> Narrow it down. All right, Joe, you're first. All right. So Shaq is obviously going to be up there for me. Um, Which we've confirmed is a 1993 1993. And I looked it up again, and I think like 25 bucks is more That's the accurate reasonable. going rate for That's that. Reasonable. Whoever that is on Mercari is just a little out there. But I remember... So I got into wrestling cards late 80s, right? I got a bunch of hand-me-down 1987 tops, probably from a cousin or something, right? Okay. And so that really got me into wrestling cards. So I remember going to Gibraltar, and there was one guy, not at the show, but he had like an actual booth. Yeah. And um, I remember buying 1990 WWF classic cards Ooh, there. Those cards, dude. That I was my set as a kid. My set too. Yeah. But in night, I was buying them like at um, corner stores. Corner and stuff. stores, gas yeah. stations. Yeah. It's like 1990. You're buying. It's either 89 Batman cards yep. or uh, these. And I remember buying them there and like ripping them. Like we would go to the cafe, we would sit down, and I would open all these packs. And I think he sold them pretty cheap, like two or three bucks a pack. You're like, Mom, who's the window maker? <laughs> Who is yeah. this guy? Yeah, but that, that was set, me as a kid. man, that set's so nostalgic. I love that set. Yeah, that classic set's yep. pretty great. And yeah, Barry Windham, the window maker. Oh yeah, yeah. phenomenal. I'm a big fan. I legitimately thought the dude's name was the window maker for probably a year. So just to clarify, it was the widow maker. Widow, widow maker. maker, not the window maker. I thought he was like a craftsman in the ring and outside of the ring. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the skills for it. No, my uh I mean I kind of mentioned like my LaFontaine and, and my Florida Panther starting lineup stories, but like the the big thing that I got that I remember having on my wall as a kid for years and years and years is it was like a, a pennant, those like long triangle felt pennants. Okay, yeah. Uh, it was signed by Mickey Tettleton. Ooh. Uh, it was a Detroit Tiger pennant. Now, I didn't meet Mickey Tettleton, but, you know, you get there. He had been there, you know, day before, a couple weeks, weeks before or whatever it was, and he'd signed. So I got, you know, I don't know, I was probably seven, eight years old, but that Mickey, Mickey, pen, Mickey Tettleton pendant was on my wall in my bedroom from the time I, I mean I got it in the early 90s to I mean the time I moved out in 2004 so wow. I mean it was on that wall for a long long time um and that's one of my like probably my favorite purchases and that came from Gibraltar Trade Center that's that I ever cool. had as a kid yeah well okay so I can uh, I can think I can think of a million things I got there but here's Oh yeah same here, I got another but go ahead I'm going to rattle off 3 real quick so I got the the Adam Bomb Hasbro was pretty great excellent just yes. cuz I never saw it before and um, I can remember what year uh, did Hideo Nomo and Chipper Jones. It was, it was like the rookie year. 96, 97, somewhere so in there. So there was some year where they got starting lineups, and it was the two of them were like the heart. They were like the top prospects, the, you know, 
the most valuable starting lineups. Everybody wanted them. You could not find them. And I remember just bug, begging my mom, please, I need one. You know, let me get one. And she, you know, she eventually she let me get the Hideo Nomo one. And I held on to that thinking, dude, I am going to be rich. <laughs> I thought it was like the most valuable possession I owned. Um, Joe, maybe look that thing up for me. Let's see if it's worth I don't. At one point, it was worth like $80, and I thought I was rich. And then years later, you know, probably 10 bucks. Nomo had that like five or six year stretch where he was the most popular pitcher in baseball. Like it was okay. like him and Randy Johnson, mainly, I think, because of his delivery was so unique. Okay. His pitching style, and people loved it. And he was good. I yeah. mean, he was good. So that's awesome. He had that funny thing with Chipper Jones. I don't know if you remember this. I do. Uh, so. One of the last Tiger games we went to together, uh, I think it was the day you found out Melanie was pregnant. Oh, boy. The Atlanta Braves. Against Chipper the, Jones the, wasn't playing, was Chipper he? Chipper Jones was playing. It was his retirement year. Wow. So, you got so to, he had a long run. Yeah, he had a long run. He had like almost a 20-year career. God, me and Chipper Jones' lives are intertwined. Yes. Yeah, so it's just funny you mentioned Chipper Jones. I'm like, I don't know if Keith knows that he saw Chipper Jones' like last season, probably his last game against the Detroit Tigers. I did not know that. I mean, I chose Nomo over Chipper Jones right. when I was forced to choose the two. Your Nomo is about $24. Look Ooh, at for that. For starting lineup, that's yeah. not too Look bad. Look at that. Hideo Nomo. Okay, and I got one more thing that I just thought of that I got from a Gibraltar Trade Center uh, sports card and collectible show. So you guys remember the um, – dude, everybody had this thing. It's like the poster that's like the size of your door. Yes. But it's Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. With the yes. ball. Yes. Had it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Everybody yeah. had that. You, know, you measure yourself up. You're like, I'm up to MJ's. You know, Quads. <laughs> I'm, I'm at his waist. I'm halfway there. Right. So, yeah, that thing was on my bedroom door for years and years and years. And that was definitely purchased at a yeah. Gibraltar Trade Center show. I need to get another one of those. Put it in my bedroom now. Seriously. On See how you measure up. Door. Yeah. You'd probably be up to. I think I'm, you're I'm almost fellow. the same height. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you would be like what? What are you six two? With that bond on top of I'm your head, I'm just under six five. I think Jordan was six oh, six. Oh wow, yeah. six okay. four. Yeah. I know you're tall. Damn, Joe's like a giant over here. He really is. Um, another, I believe my other second favorite purchase outside of the, what I had mentioned. I mean, Mickey Tell the pennant, Pat LaFontaine cards, Floor Panther starting lineups. It was definitely those eight by tens that I would get from from that vendor. Like I loved going and seeing that guy talking to him he had stories about meeting the wrestlers and like the photo shoot and all that stuff and for all i know back, linking back this guy was probably working us probably and yeah. probably didn't take half these pictures he's probably the guy waiting at the airport <laughs> to get the signatures <laughs> right they weren't signed that was the oh thing, none of them were signed st i mean they were like he would go that it was his thing is he would take these pictures during the week mm. or whatever and then he would show up at whatever card show he was a traveling vendors so he would be there every month but i remember him always telling stories like yeah i've got pittsburgh next weekend and then the weekend after that i'm in like philly wow and then he would be in like you know ohio somewhere so he had like this midwest yeah. to wow. east coast like loop eight by he, ten business all right was, guy well geez if you're listening to this podcast hit up dave he wants to reconnect with you <laughs> see how you've been doing the last 25 years oh yeah you i mean my my apartment walls were covered with those eight by tens you furnished this man's home a ton of uh, that's awesome with a ton of the uh, autographs because that was you know my peak fandom i'd get these eight by tens you'd go to the joe lewis arena super early i wasn't an airport guy but you go to yeah. joe lewis arena like 8 a.m you'd get there and then the guys would show up 
and you would hope they would walk, not go right in the arena. They'd come over and they'd sign your stuff and talk to you, and got to meet so many wrestlers that way. And that late ninety, you know, yeah. attitude. Yeah, era. that's cool. Um, and you know, you're like, oh, this guy was cool as hell, and you're like, oh, this guy's a dick, and I'll never forget. And my biggest regret to this day as a fan was. Mm. The we'll rock. let you down, Dave. The Rock. Tell us who the gets dick out was. Of the car. Oh, I mean, I, I can tell you a few. <laughs> the Rock gets out of the car with, uh, it was like Mark Henry, The Rock. Um, I forgot who else was in that Probably car. Probably Harvey Whippleman. Uh, no, it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was another dude in that car, uh, another wrestler. Um, but anyways, The Rock another and Mark Henry. Another nation member. The Rock and Mark Henry get out. It might have been D'Lo. It was yeah. D'Lo, actually. It was The Rock, Mark Henry, and D'Lo. They get out of the car, and um, I'm like, Screw the rock. I don't want it. This guy sucks. I'm going to talk to Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. And I get Mark Henry's autograph, and everybody's getting the rock's autograph. And I'm like, yeah. that guy stinks. And in hindsight, I'm like, I have basically, I mean, I saw him. He was right there. He, like, he was so cool, so personable, so nice. Yeah. Biggest star on the planet 25 years later, really. Yeah. And um, I really could have got his autograph when he was like, man. Nation Rocky and man, that's too bad. He would have signed it Rocky Maivia. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, probably. Was he still Maivia then? He was. It was like '97. Yeah. So late '97. It was. uh, I think it was the same Raw where the belt, the Stone Cold. Oh, oh, he was the Rock. He was the Rock by then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, talking Rock and D'Lo and Mark Henry, it kind of leads us right into what we'll be talking about next week, right, guys? Yeah. So we're going back to wrestling figures. We're gonna skip ahead. A few years, and we're going to focus on Jack's bone crunching action figures, specifically from 1996. So that's going to cover series one, series two, and I know these things were a huge part of all of our lives. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that was uh, so that the Hasbro's the figures as the kids that we've been talking about, Jack's bone crunchers, that couple year stretch, that was when I probably bought because that was when i could buy stuff with my own money me too and bought so many played with them more than any other toy like had my fed deep notebooks of notebooks this is where we start getting into like we're like young teenagers well geez what 90 96 so i'm 12 like no i'm 14 years old 13 and 97 i'm 15 so that's like a odd age you know in the 90s you're buying toys at this age you're you got to kind of Keep almost, it secret. You, you almost have to keep it secret. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, that's like going into Toy Works, looking around. Yeah, yep. you know that's social suicide. Letting the world yeah. know you're buying action figures nah. for yourself to play with. Um, not anymore, though, right? It's no. totally socially Dude, acceptable. It's cool to be a nerd now. It is, but it wasn't back then. No. So there will be a lot of funny stories about that as well. Yep. But yeah, Jack's Bone Crunchers, man. I've got so many stories to tell about mm-hmm. all of those. But let, we'll keep it 1996 specific, Series 1, Series 2. Yeah, because there's a lot of repaints. So yeah, yeah. it'll be quick. But that's going to be a fun one. Looking forward to that, folks. And um, if you've got any Trade Center stories, let us know. Reach yeah. out on the I social media. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Let us know your Trade Center stories. Let us know uh, what you're looking forward to here at the Time Blaster Toycast. We appreciate all you for listening. Like, subscribe, comment, review, all the above. Once again, you got at the Retro KO Joe. He's dropping videos on the YouTube. We got a new one that just came out, right? Yeah, we just dropped a um, a little card opening here at Time Blaster Toys. Me and Keith opened some uh, Top's Finest. And then this coming, well, man, it won't be this coming Monday, but the next video coming out will be uh, Keith going through an awesome TMNT package. 15 pounds 15 of Ninja pounds. Turtle toys. Oh, it was so fun completing all those figures. You get to watch it 
in real time. Pretty great. Yeah, should be available now for you folks. Yep. Um, and Keith, what about you? Anything coming up at the toy store? No, just keep them busy. New stuff's coming in every single day. I mentioned earlier about the Star Wars, but I've got you know tons of stuff. I got some cool Disney gargoyle yeah. figures, Kenner from the '90s that came in. It's got a couple Chase Le Champions yeah, up there looking some, at me. Got some AEW. Got all sorts of stuff. So yeah, man, come on in. Sell me your toys if you want to sell. I'm I'm ready to buy them. All right, and we're looking forward to hearing your feedback. Once again, thank you all for listening, and you guys all you know hopefully got some smiles on your faces at the end of the day here and. Uh, if not, find something that will make you smile because we're looking forward to talking to you next week and getting some grins ear to ear. Where can I get an elephant ear at, guys? For real? I don't know anymore. Arnold, is it a street fair? Away.